Okay, so hello and welcome to Educated Ashley, the podcast. So this is my first episode and I'm really excited to come here and be able to share everything with you and um, things I've learned and just my journey along the way. So hello. (laughs) The first episode that I wanted to cover is the teacher training application. So um, I know that this podcast series is probably going to be very out of order but I wanted it to be current rather than in order if that makes sense so you know my background and where um you know things I've done to get me to this point I thought I could just cover in a later date because for now it's December and um, it's all about applying for teacher training at the moment and that's where I am in my journey as well so I have applied for teacher training Um, and my application has actually been accepted and I've been um, asked for an interview, which I'm really excited about. So because all went well (laughs) in that section, I thought I would just share things that I wrote, uh, the answers that I gave um, and just sort of walk you through those steps if you're um, just applying right now Um, or if you're listening to it at a later date and you're applying um, so I go on to the gov.uk website and um, this is where you've chosen your provider um, who you'd like to train with depending on what route you're going down. I'm going down the QTS route um, without doing the PGCE um, as I'm very lucky and I feel very grateful to be in the position where I'm salaried as well. So um I just went for that one um, because I have two little children and um, just being able to be self-funded. I didn't really want to go down that route. But as I said, I'm very grateful. I'm very lucky that the school that I work in um, have been able to offer me a salary um, um, on the proviso, obviously, that I can get through the interview, pass and um, get the okay. So that's the route that I'm taking but obviously there's lots of different routes as well so hopefully you've chosen a good route for you and who knows um I could do a podcast episode on all the different types of ways to get into teaching as well so as I said I just want to concentrate on the application for teacher training um and the portal for that is gov.uk and that's for whichever route you choose everyone has to apply through the same route through the government Um, And that's postgraduate teacher training course. Um, And I want to teach this in a state primary school. So um, then when we go down the application on the page, you'll see personal details. Um, That's just obviously your personal information. And then you've got a a box on the right hand side to say whether you've completed that or not, that section. Then when you have completed it, you just say, um, confirm that you've completed it and then you can move on to the next section and also you can fill out these sections out of order uh, because that's what I did I did all the easy bits first <laughs> um, and then I went back to fill out all the personal statement sections which obviously we'll go through so after personal information you've got contact information <clears throat> again you just fill that all in very self-explanatory as you go through after that you get to courses so You can apply for up to three courses, but um, I'm just applying for my own um, school setting. So I just need to apply just to one one, 
um, route here. So you choose your courses. And again, you if you know the provider, then you just type in the provider and that comes up. And you don't need to know all the numbers because that comes up as well with it. You just need to know your provider or um, who you are training with. <clears throat> And then you go down to the qualification section, which you fill in. So um, your English GCSE or equivalent, maths GCSE, GCSE or equivalent, and your science GCSE or equivalent, um, and any A-levels and other qualifications. So I also have a qualification. I'm a personal trainer. Um, and when I went to add that in, um, I think I I didn't really think it was relevant for that section because it says like grade well mine was just a pass um and it says like what level um so I think that's more kind of geared to the academic qualifications rather than sort of like the sort of um vocational qualifications really but you know if you feel that you want to put that in I don't think there's any any harm in it but I just felt that actually mine wasn't really a grade it was just a pass and you know, it didn't really come under <clears throat> the drop downs for that. So I didn't include it there, but it's something that I've achieved. So I wanted to make sure that I put it in my personal statement, which I did do. So again, we'll get to that. Also, I'm really sorry if I talk really fast because I get really excited. <laughs> when, I, when I get excited, I just like race through stuff because I'm like, oh my gosh, I want you to hear this. And I want you to, you to hear that. So, so um yeah. Sorry if I'm going a bit fast, I'll like slow down. Um, and then what I did, how I filled it out was there's the personal statement bits, which I skipped. And then I just went down to the bottom of the form, <coughs> excuse me, so I could just quickly <clears throat> fill in any adjustments. So ask for support if you're disabled. So you fill that in um, <clears throat> and then you complete that section. Any interview needs, um, you complete that section. Again, all the drop downs are really self-explanatory there. Um, and then the safeguarding. So under that, it says references to be requested if you accept an offer. So you have to give two references. Um, they like one to be a head teacher um, of your current school or a school where you've worked. And they also like another one to be like a professional um, so I just used the head teacher of the school that I'm at now and also the head teacher of my previous school as well. So I just thought it was easy, you know, um, and it just kind of got that section covered, really. And then you had to declare any safeguarding issues. Um, and then also they say that they'll contact your referees um, just to check that you haven't had any safeguarding issues and things like that. But obviously, you'll do another DBS for them anyway. Um, so they're the main questions of the application. They're the easy ones that I just sort of did to get those out the way. And then it comes to the nitty gritty. So there's two sections that make up your personal statement. One section is why you want to teach. And the other section is your suitability to teach a subject or age group. So I'll go through both of those in detail um, and kind of talk you through what I <clears throat> filled out to make sure that I covered each of these sections. So within why you want to teach, um, it gives you some really good pointers and some great um, guidance already. 
and I just made sure that I took each bullet point that they offered and wrote about it to make sure that I, you know, obviously covered what I needed to. So it says, um, explain why you want to be a teacher. And then it gives you some examples. It says you could talk about what inspired you to apply, the personal qualities that would make you a good teacher, any experience you have working with children and what you learnt, your understanding of the demands and rewards of teaching, how you could contribute to a school outside of the classroom. For example, running extra <laughs> running extracurricular activities and clubs. Um, and your thoughts on children's well-being in, in and the educational system. So there's quite a few bullet points there. And you are capped as to how many words you can use. And I think for the first section, it's 500 words. So um, once you get going, that's really not many. So I found that um, I kind of struggled with the introduction. Then when I was writing I was like oh no <laughs> I've gone way over so I did have to do a lot of editing and cutting down because obviously like when you talk about something you want to expand it but I think the best advice here is to touch on things and then make notes of, the, of those things and then hopefully you'll get an interview and then you can expand further on those things when you get an interview so it's quite nice then because you've got somewhere to go when they're asking you the questions face to face at your interview so um that's sort of how I decided to work it so that I could cut some things down. <laughs> so when I answered the question, I just took it in chunks, really, like what the bullet points were. So when it says what inspired you to apply, this was my answer in a paragraph. So I said, I've always had a strong passion for supporting children to grow confidently into their own unique self develop independence and learn key skills as they progress through their time in education. It is due to my driven desire to help as many children as I can to achieve their full potential that becoming a teacher is the next natural step in my career. Um, which is obviously firmly what I believe. Um, and I want to be able to have that like positive impact and, um, and make a difference really. So that was what inspired me to apply. And I kind of feel like Throughout my journey, um, I've sort of, you know, as you progress, don't you, through development and things like that, and, and you learn more and you kind of want to aim higher. So I did actually feel that, you know, I've done, um, I've been a teaching assistant and I've been a high level teaching assistant. So, um, you know, the natural step for progression is um, teacher a teacher so <laughs> so that's why I applied um and then that obviously answered the first bullet point so then it goes on to there's some um answers that I put for experience working with for working with children so any experience you have working with children and what you learn so um this is my paragraph that I wrote for that from my position as an unqualified teacher and my current role as cover supervisor I have led with the support and knowledge of supportive colleagues, multiple classes of all ages and abilities. Therefore, I'm able to differentiate, plan and structure lessons accordingly, taking into account pupils' individual strengths and capabilities, as well as how best they learn, be it visually, auditory, um, kinesthetically or writing and theory based. I was responsible for attending annual reviews, report writing, 
carrying out observations, setting targets and reviewing progress following the EYFS curriculum, which fed through to pupils' individual learning journeys. I enjoyed using the assess, plan, do, review model as I could really see their progress throughout the year. So here, I've kind of also um, encompassed um, personal qualities that would make me a good teacher. That was one of the bullet points there. Um, And I know that as you go along, you know, these things kind of overlap anyway, don't they? Because the answers have to flow. But also, I just wanted to make sure that I was checking off the key points that they were talking about in um, in this section, just to make it relevant. Um, so yeah, I kind of talked about a bit about my experience, um, and how I felt that some of my qualities, um, kind of supported the children really. So the next bullet point on here was understanding your understanding of the demands and rewards of teaching. So I was like, for this section, you know, we all know that we work longer hours than what we are contracted to um but I didn't really want to go down that route because I don't know it just didn't feel it didn't feel like it sat right with me I don't know but it just didn't feel right so I wanted to choose things that um have come up that presented like quite a tricky situation and how I overcame it rather than just saying we all work long hours because it didn't feel that I could be as, um, it didn't feel as natural and it kind of, I guess, felt a bit negative and I wanted to turn a tricky situation into like a positive situation rather than just complaining that, you know, sometimes you have to work later than expected. (laughs) So what I wrote was this. One of my strengths, oh, and also um, I overlapped qualities that would make me a good teacher as well because I just think that kind of runs through all of my answers really um so yeah so what do I understand what is my understanding of the demands of teaching so I put one of my strengths is relationship building alongside communication and teamwork school life is fast-paced so being able to keep staff updated is vital to the smooth running of a class as is understanding our team's strengths and skills and delegating accordingly to provide a fulfilling learning environment for our pupils. Um, From working in a special needs school, I understand turbulent home lives, anxiety and friendship struggles. Therefore, I'm always mindful of my body language, words and actions and ensure all pupils know I'm there to support them, as is the wider staff team. I feel this, coupled with my enthusiasm, has played a large part in harnessing people's confidence to participate, as well as nurturing their own creativity to develop and flourish as people. I understand that teaching requires a high level of organisation and the need to be adaptable at short notice, ranging from pupils' behaviour, department deadlines, visitors, class changes and staff sickness. It is from my experience I have learnt to keep calm under such pressures. I am comfortable giving feedback to parents and carers with regard to their child's development, as well as holding some tricky conversations, such as ensuring our expectations of pupils are aligned. So these things um, I felt, um, you know, gave the reader um, a clear kind of um, evidence that I understand some, you know, bits are hard about teaching.
and kind of put it in a more diplomatic way, I guess. Um, because, you know, school life is fast paced. It's always on the go. Um, but that I overcome that by absolutely knowing that the team is key to the whole class, <laughs> you know, um, having the support from all staff just means that actually you're not just doing it on your own. You can share the load and together you're stronger because um, the team are amazing. And, you know, especially if there's <clears throat> a different range of needs in your class, like you've got some teachers with specific um, experience, maybe in behaviour or, you know, they have really taken to phonics. So it's great to be able to be like, okay, right, please help here and can you do this? Like, it just it just works better that way, I think. Um, and what was the other bits? So, yes, and being organised because, like we know, there's always so much to do, like paperwork and things like that. So, um, you know, people can, like, visitors can show up last minute and you're like, oh, hi. <laughs> and you've just got to be prepared or, like, you know, make sure you kind of look prepared. If you're not, get prepared. Um, and obviously, you know, when staff are off ill, we don't know that. So it's about being able to manage that, um, those things happening. Um, and again, I turn that into positive by being like, you know, um, even though I might be flapping inside, I'm just like, okay, let's lay it all out. What have we got? And it's kind of like a puzzle, isn't it? But again, when you talk to the team, they see things in different ways. So sometimes you'll be there and you'll be like, okay, we've got this problem. How are we going to sort it? And then, um, you know, a staff member will be like, oh, what about this? And you're like, I didn't actually even see it that way. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, anyway, I'm, I'm um, digressing now, but I just kind of really, well, I guess, further explaining my answers, really. Um, so one of the bullet points in there when we come to the end of this section is it says how you could contribute to a social to a school excuse me outside of the classroom uh, for example running extracurricular activities and clubs so for that one I wrote um I currently run a singing and signing club after school for all year groups which we all really enjoy and get to showcase our talented choir in assemblies once a month which is really I also run nurture intervention groups with pupils in year six struggling with anxiety and other um, SEMH needs, social, emotional, mental health needs. Um, and that's what I wrote for that. Um, I didn't feel like I needed to elaborate. I didn't have the word count to elaborate. But obviously on the interview, if they wanted to ask me about it, then I can go into more detail about that. So it's just drawing on, obviously, things that you've done in the past or things that you already do. Um and I love running the choir. It's so lovely. And we are doing Christmas songs at the moment. So Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is going down a treat. And the sign-in is fantastic. And we also did um, Spaceman by Sam Ryder. And that was really, oh, emotional. Because when we um, showed it in assembly, they were just so amazing. The choir sounded great. And because we've got, like, reception and year six. And it was just incredible. And to be able to share the sign-in as well with them is really special. Um, so, yeah, that was lovely. And then what the other bullet points say are, um, what are your thoughts on children's well-being and the education system? So, again, like, I didn't really want to go too deep into that either. 
Um, I kind of wanted to play it safe in a way, um, but also offer something um, meaningful too. So it did take me a while to come up with things for that because I didn't, I know COVID's happened and it's still, we're still really facing the repercussions of that, both from people's immune systems, getting used to like viruses and bugs and stuff after, you know, lockdown uh, and not being around those things, but also, you know, in people's anxiety from um, staff and children. But because we've been so, you know, COVID heavy, I didn't really want to talk about that. So I um, just touched on things that the school are doing to help children. And also I found um, another article from Ofsted. So my answer was, the introduction of therapeutic thinking has had a positive effect on our pupils' well-being. I'm aware of Ofsted's recent findings, and I put in brackets, published 8th of November 2022 on gov.uk, that more primary school children with additional needs are being referred to alternative provision. Um, I have lots to offer the primary school I work at, um, and... I want to help support students to address any emotional and behavioural difficulties which affect their progress. From working in an alternative provision environment, I'm equipped with the tools to help pupils develop emotional resilience in order for them to make progress. So um, I was really pleased when I searched this, um, searched Google and found this um, Ofsted finders. And how I found it was I just typed in recent articles on Ofsted in Google. Recent articles by Ofsted. I think I I did. (laughs) Very simple. And a lot of things came up. But as you can tell, I have a background in special needs. So that one really stood out to me because actually um, all of my expertise in special needs can actually help support primary school children um, and hopefully keep them in primary school without having to go to an alternative um, provision setting if they don't need to, you know. So, you know, whether that's helping to train staff or, you know, just um, kind of offering everything I've learned in a special needs setting in terms of behaviour and SEMH to, yeah, just to better support them, really. Um, So if you're looking for articles, I think that's the best way to go, really, just say recent articles in Ofsted or recent articles by Ofsted in Google, because obviously Ofsted is so um, well known and it's credible. Um, uh, and it's just easier, really, to look at it that way. They've done a lot of research um, to come up with their articles. So it's just quite nice. And also, you know, the people who are reading my application, they'll just know that I've researched it, really. And I think that's all they'll be looking for, is that you've researched um education and you know what's going on in recent times really i don't think it sort of goes really much deeper than that um and then they can ask me about therapeutic thinking as well so i've kind of planted that seed that if they wanted to find out more then you know it's there for them to ask so that's quite good and oh so therapeutic thinking is so great and it's about um not rewarding students for um their work so you know, it's not like saying, well, if you work, if you work really well, you can go out five minutes earlier for break. It's about it's about the children working well for them. So it's about 
them being intrinsically motivated rather than externally motivated. And that's quite a big shift to make because sometimes it can be very tricky (laughs) to be like, I know inside you'll want to do it, you know, in your head and stuff. But I think that will just be a work in progress. And obviously, because it's it's newly introduced, it, it's going to take time for the older years to understand it. But I think, you know, looking at real early grassroots from reception, I think by the time reception are in year six and they've had all that time of therapeutic thinking, then we'll see a really different, year six to um what we see now so I'm really excited for that to be embedded um and I do think it's really good because actually you know as people we should have that drive and motivation to want to um to want to do our best anyway inside of us you know and it's not to say that we don't do rewards therapeutic thinking is all about rewarding when they're not expecting it as well so you know it's you think we know we still do head teachers awards and things like that it's just they don't know it's coming so um yeah I really do like it but yeah as I said I think it's going to be going to be interesting to actually do it but I'm excited to do it to see the change um and I'm sure there'll be different as we go along there'll be different ways that we can input it as well and I think I'm excited to try different ways to get it up and running and and embedded really but yeah um so I did include some personal qualities that make me a good teacher because I've as I said I've kind of like woven it through the whole thing um and I've said it's towards the end of my application and I've said um my strengths in this aspect so I have cut the paragraphs up so the paragraphs do flow but I've cut them up and chunked them just so you can see what I've used for each section and how I've um, evidenced that in my answer but we were still talking about um um developing emotional resilience and things like that so i said um, my strengths in this aspect lie in behavior management self-regulation techniques as well as how to de-escalate situations and support children with additional needs i have also worked for an outreach service advising mainstream schools on how best to support pupils both in class individually and in group interventions using pastoral strategies such as talking or art therapies so um that just gives me gives them a bit more like of a background of how I can help um in a situation that I feel <clears throat> is very very current and needs um more support really um so I was really passionate about that bit and then I have my closing um my closing sentence to the whole thing because I don't like to leave it just abrupt I do like to close things off but I only had like, like 30 words <laughs> left. Um, so I just said, my aim is to make a positive difference within education and become the best teacher I can be. Um, so I felt that that was like quite a nice um, roundup really of why I wanted to teach. Um, <clears throat> it kind of encompasses the whole thing there. Um so that was my answer to that one. Um, and then, so that took me um, about uh, <clears throat> two and a half hours, I'd say, to do all that. Um, but I think the hardest thing was the word count for me because I still wanted 
the paragraphs to make sense and it was really difficult to know which bits to cut and which bits to keep and which bits were really relevant but what I did with that I was like okay where have I waffled take out the waffle because <laughs> as you can see I do waffle quite a lot so I was like right where have I waffled what have I done um that I don't need what have I written here that I don't need um so I just really made it more concise and took out some of the fluff so that was quite good um and then it's um your suitability to teach a subject or age group and the guidance they put here is if you're applying for secondary teacher training describe your knowledge of the subjects you'd like to teach if you're applying for primary teacher training which I am say why you'd like to teach this age group um and it says um, if you're applying for a primary course with a subject specialism or you're particularly interested in certain primary subjects, you can also talk about that. And then it gives you some more guidance and bullet points and says you could talk about your work experience, degree and degree modules, qualifications such as A-levels, skills, interests or achievements um, and understanding of the national curriculum. So here I go <laughs> with my chunking. Um, so under work experience, I put, and also I wanted an introduction to, so it was, <clears throat> throughout my career, I've always worked with children aged between three and 12. Therefore, I feel I can relate to this age group and strike up rapport quickly, often making them laugh and engaging them in activities effectively. I feel my time as a children's party entertainer reflects this aspect well, as it was my job to ensure all the children were engaged and having fun with the games and activities. I often participated alongside the children and used my presenter voice to keep their attention while transitioning in between activities. Um, I have covered lessons in reception class up to year six, so I've had the opportunity to work directly with primary age children in my current role as cover supervisor at my school. So um, that was just detailing a bit of my work experience um, and justifying you know, and I've said I can relate to this age group because I can strike up rapport. Um, I can relate to this age group and strike up rapport quickly because, um, you know, I was a party entertainer and I had to be able to engage them quickly. So I think every time you make a statement or, you know, you say my strength is, then it's good to see if there's an example in your past or present um, time that you can think of and write about because um, it just gives it that bit of depth as well. And it makes it more personable to you and everything that you've got, why you're unique and why you're, um, you know, why you're applying for it in your way. Um, and I think that's really important to get your voice to come through as well. Um, and then it, and then I wrote about the understanding of the national curriculum. So I didn't do the bullet points all in the same order. I just kind of, went around how my um, paragraph worked out. But I did make sure that I had most of those headings there because it is just a guide, but I did want to include those things because they've put them there for a reason. So, you know, <laughs> so understanding of national curriculum, I put, from my previous role as an unqualified teacher, I have extensive knowledge of the EYFS national curriculum and adapted quickly to the new framework. Development matters underpins the above and I enjoyed planning lessons encompassing the seven areas of learning using continuous provision. 
My experience within primary school also extends to phonics, where I'm familiar with the Little Wondle programme that we use. I have taken reading groups following this structure in year two and assisted with phonics lessons in reception, as well as assessing pupils in year six. So um, that was the experience that I have currently of the national curriculum, um, because I've spent um, like 10 years in early years. Um, so that's definitely my strength. So obviously that's what I talked about. Um, and also you can find out about, you know, well, you'll know about development matters or the th- the the kind of government guidelines that underpins the curriculum that you're following, you know, whether it's like, you know, for secondary or... Because I don't really... <laughs> I don't know secondary is what I'm saying. So, <laughs> so I dug myself a bit of a hole there, but you know what I mean? Like, um, there's information relevant to what you're teaching, really, to back that bit up. Um and yes so I just talked about phonics and there's lots of phonics programs out there like read write ink but I just thought it was good to let them know that I knew um you know the things that we were following especially in phonics and reading because um that's something that the government are trying to push aren't they and they've been trying to push reading for a while making sure we read every day and um, making sure children are sharing books at home um, so reading schemes are so important. So I just thought that I'd mention what we were doing. Um, and also just the experience I have with leading them and delivering those lessons as well, because that's relevant to the, to what they want to see. Um, and then talking about um, degrees, um, I put in my degree. Now, my degree was in television production. So at first glance, I kind of felt like, well, how, what, how am I going to relate that? Like, television production, like, you know, I didn't always want to be a teacher, so how am I going to bring that around? So I had a bit of a think, and this is what I came up with. So studying, telev- uh, studying television production at university helped me find my children's presenter style as I led the live broadcasts aimed at primary age children. My creativity also grew as we had very little budget. So as a collective, we had to think outside the box for content to fill a live show, such as songs, games, short comedy sketches and art activities, all geared towards entertaining primary age children. So I took though that bit from t- my um, time at university <clears throat> and just talked about that. That paragraph was very small and that was one, two, three, four, like five lines. Because, again, if they want to ask me, they can. But I just wanted to show that, actually, you know, even though my degree doesn't look on paper like it is relevant, actually it is. And, you know, the people who are reading this, the panel, they might not think that it's relevant. So I kind of wanted to tell them it is relevant. So if you've got things that you think aren't particularly relevant... um, they definitely, they definitely are, and and I feel like you can make anything relevant, you know. Even you know things like, oh, let me think, like uh, if you studied architecture or something on paper, you might be like, oh, I don't know how that fits, but that that you could say that you know, you're, you you know you have so your math skills um, that you can carry through to um, maybe secondary school, and that could be your specialism. 
Um, and one day you could be, you, you would like to be a lead in maths, even in primary school. So, um, you know, and also your communication skills, talking to people and um, finding out what the building's going to be like and what people want the building to be like. So you have to be quite personable. So, you know, which is what you have to be with um, staff. And it, it's about talking to people who you wouldn't necessarily um meet in your everyday life um, and people who are different to you like parents demanding um clients like parents <laughs> you know so so I do think you can take absolutely anything that you've done and turn that into experience for teaching because there are so many crossover skills that teaching has um and that's why you know obviously if you're um, a career changer why though your your experiences are going to be relevant um to teaching so um yes everything's relevant really in that is that what i've got to say about that <laughs> um and then it says about skills interests or achievements so i kind of took that as a skill and this is where i talked about personal training so i said <coughs> excuse me <clears throat> my voice is getting husky i don't have any water um anyway i said i'm also a qualified personal trainer so health and fitness is very important to me therefore i'm grateful to be in a position to help guide the younger generations towards living healthy lifestyles reducing their chances of ill health in later life and imparting knowledge that can be passed down again and again this is truly wonderful that's what he said so you know that is huge especially we're at a time now where Heart disease is still the num- UK's number one biggest killer. And, you know, more people are being diagnosed with type 2 diabetes, which is um, which can be affected by, um, you know, not enough exercise, not eating the right foods, um, and just, yeah, um, just not knowing maybe enough about um, nutrition and things like that. So um, we're also at a time where children um are bigger these days so again it i felt that that was relevant to actually helping the younger generation and they can you know make cook food fun with the family and things like that and the great thing is that if we can teach our younger generations then by the time they have families they will hopefully um pass all that information down to their to their children and then so on and so on and so on. So how amazing is it that actually, you know, we can help change lives, you know, years and years and years down the line? And that's that I do find that truly wonderful because, well, that, that's just amazing to have such an impact. So, um, again, any skills that you have, they will always be relevant to teaching because teaching is such a wide spectrum and there's so much you can do as a teacher with whatever background you come from and that's why it's so amazing and that's why I love teaching because you meet some really fab people like I know one of um, our team um, she's like been like this really high-flying PR person (laughs) and gone to like being a member of the Ivy Club and um, like just had regular lunches at the Shard as you do you know like um just the wealth of um, experience and life experience in a team is incredible. So, yeah, like, I just love the dynamic. Um, and then 
I just finished this section off with my closing paragraph. Now, <clears throat> I don't think you have as much of a word count for this. I think it's like 300 or 400 words. And I didn't fill up all of that quota because I was kind of like, I want to write as much as I can and use as many of the word count as I can. But at the same time, I didn't want to just waffle and just add things that weren't very impactful just for the sake of meeting the word count. So, um, yeah, I felt that I didn't need to complete all of the um, words. Um, so my closing paragraph was, after spending 18 years working with primary age children, because before special needs, I was in a primary school in Main Street. So I said, anyway, after spending 18 years working with primary age children, I'm keen to use my experience as well as enhance my knowledge further within this age group so I can best support pupils to enable them to grow, learn and flourish. So um, my point for wanting to work with the age group that I've put in, which is primary, um, was because I already have like such extensive experience in teaching um, and working with primary age children that actually I'd love to become like a specialist of primary rather than, um, you know, enter the world of secondary, which quite honestly scares me. <laughs> um, because I just used to talk so much in secondary school, believe it or not. And I know that for a fact, I wouldn't want to teach me. And I was just good. I was just chatty. So, um, yeah. Um, you know, and also I just... I'm just so passionate about primary school that, um, that I, yeah, I just want to learn and keep up to date with all the changes and, and just really take everything I can in, get such, so knowledgeable that then I can give even more to the children, um, so that they can have, you know, even better development and they can just come out of their shell and just be amazing people by the end of it. So, um, that was really what the last paragraph was about. And I mean, that was three sentences, so, um, or three lines. So that was the bulk of the application. And then um, mm -mm -mm, when you do your references, you have to say how long you've known the person as well. And you just say their name and email. Um, and then once you submitted your application, the like, Dun, 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 bit that I found was really like oh I don't like it was that it, afterwards you get this window and then it says um status awaiting decision so it's quite like um <laughs> it's quite formal and it's horrible because you're like oh god I don't like this um but then it does say that you'll get a decision on your application by the 27th of February 2023 so you know if they're busy and you haven't heard back, at least you know that you will hear back by a certain date, which is quite nice. Um, and then it says the provider will be in touch if they want to invite you to an interview. And then the provider that I'm training with just, um, they sent me an email um, and said, congratulations, we'd like to invite you to an interview. So, um, I was so super pleased, but now I'm really nervous for this next stage, which obviously I will put in my podcast. Um, but yes, um, and if you're interested, the next stage is um, I have to do a 10 minute presentation 
on a subject that is something I'm interested in or something that's a skill that I can teach the panel. And then there's a question and answer section on that when I finish that. And then you have an actual interview with the panel that will talk about like your competencies and um, behaviour management. And then there's um, a literacy um, like task, which I don't know if it's like writing a letter like to a parent or something like that. Um, And then if you pass that, you go home and you do an online um, literacy test, I think they said, that's half an hour long. So, you know, just a usual little little interview. <laughs> um, and I've got that in January. So I'm going to be, like, having a nervous Christmas. But, you know, I will obviously enjoy it. But, yeah, uh, all that to come. Um, but the thing, I think, that I'd say for the application is just to uh, cross-reference your skills and always give examples. So use the bullet points as your starting um, paragraphs. So, you know, what inspired you to, to apply? I was inspired to apply because, um, you know, your understanding of the demands and rewards of teaching. I understand that teach, the demands of teaching are, and then, um, you know, just draw an experience, experience, and talk about all of your experience and what you know and how you've done things um, because, yeah, it just makes it really come from you and it makes you have a voice um, and then you'll stand out in that way, I think. Um, so whatever facts you state, like, you know, I am compassionate, then say why you're compassionate or if you're, um, you know, so you be compassionate because you have children yourself or because you've worked in a lot of caring environments or you've been a carer in your recent jobs, things like that. Or, you know, always just draw back on your experience and back up any facts that you say with your own, yeah, experience, really. Um, Because I just think, yeah, it just gives sets you apart then, doesn't it? You know, because you're amazing. <laughs> but, yeah. So that was, um, I hope that's helped. That was my first podcast on application for teacher training. If there's anything you want to ask or anything I haven't covered and you want me to talk about, then just send me a message. Or if there's things you'd like me to cover in upcoming shows, then send me a message. Um, And it can be like totally anonymous, but it's nice to be able to do things that actually are helping um, because... I just want to help, really. (laughs) Um, And if you just want to say anything about it, then obviously pass me, send me a message. But yeah, hope you enjoy it. And it's coming up to the end of our term now. We've got just two days left. We break up on Tuesday, so I'm very excited. And um, if you're listening and you're breaking up soon, then um, hope you have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas. I'm going to try and do another Um, show I really want to try and get them out once a week but you know we'll just see how that goes (laughs) um but yeah all right then we'll take care have a great day or evening or whatever you're doing and see you soon bye